everyone, welcome to day four of 30 days of terror. How you do? We're going to get straight into it. Let's do this. Story number one comes from Olivia. I've never shared this except to close friends and family. But I'm hoping it'll give you guys a good scare. And maybe help give me some insight. I'm 21 years old. And since I was a kid, I've been fascinated by the paranormal. I bought my first Ouija board when I was seven. I only used it once before my mom made me return it. I was having a sleepover with a childhood friend, Charlotte, and we decided to try the board. We were getting responses and I thought it was really fun, but I also assumed that she'd been moving the planchette. After about 10 minutes of asking questions and receiving answers, the lights in my room went out. I remember Charlotte screaming and I started laughing because I thought the light bulb had just conveniently died. But once I grabbed a flashlight to check, the light bulb was sitting on the floor. It had travelled through the glass fixture it was in on the ceiling and landed silently on the floorboards. I told my mom, and she made me take the board back. Ever since then, I've had strange experiences with ghosts and other paranormal anomalies, but nothing too serious until I moved away from my childhood home to live with friends during my sophomore year of college. I moved from a small city just outside of Detroit to Hamtramck, which is a two-square-mile city right inside of Detroit. Most of the houses were built anywhere between the 20s and 40s. Ours was older. I moved in with three girls that I was going to college with. Our house was two stories, four bedrooms, two bathrooms and had an unfinished basement. There was an old flower bed in the backyard that we planned to grow vegetables in and an old shed with tools left from other tenants. We all knew something was up with the house when we were getting settled in and went to the basement and felt a heaviness in the air. The basement was a large open room with cinder block walls and rotting paint peeling away. There was a small room off to the side closed off with a heavy wooden door. In that room was a mattress with what looked like a bloodstain on it left down there from someone who had either lived there before or lived in the basement when the house was vacant. And we all just kind of ignored it or joked about it. But deep down, I think we were all a little scared about what we'd seen. Other than that, everything was okay for about a week. We were all busy with the end of the semester and finishing moving the last of our belongings in that even if something had been happening, we probably would have been too busy to notice. The first occurrence in this house happened to my roommate, Sydney. On this particular night, she was the only roommate in the house and her then-boyfriend was staying with her. She had a bedroom on the second floor and it had a strange layout. The room was small and shaped like an L with a wooden door the size of a toddler in two ends of the room, which we called her goblin holes because she swore she heard little footsteps coming from behind the two tiny doors at night. Oh no. Anyway, 
On this night, she and her boyfriend at the time were laying in the bed in the dark and had had a small argument before going to bed. Immediately following the argument, when there was finally room for silence, in the darkness, next to where their heads were in the bed, the two of them heard two loud, unmistakable claps. Not creaks from the house, but human hands clapping twice in the darkness. The next day, Sydney told us all what had happened, and we thought it was strange, but we tried to write it off as nothing else had happened yet. Around this time, it started to get warmer outside, and I'd often sit on the porch during the day and smoke to enjoy the sun and the warmth. One day, about a month after moving in, I was doing just that and could see into the living room through the window on the porch, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw blackness moving towards the window from the inside. I froze, and without turning all the way towards the window, I turned my head slightly to get a better look without being too obvious. What I saw that day is the only physical thing I've ever seen in that house, but it was enough for me. Something black and shadowy was hunching towards the floor, going from a standing position to crawling. It was tall and lanky and moved like a snake and disappeared under the window. I sat outside for a moment thinking about what to do and then I decided to go inside and check it out. The house was quiet and sunny and there was no trace of the lanky figure I had seen minutes before so I tried my best not to be afraid and moved on. Fast forward a few weeks and my other roommate Kira and I were putting groceries away before our housewarming party, which would take place in a few days. I was in the kitchen and she was in the dining room. I was facing the cupboards and from behind me I heard clicking, like a mechanical sound, and I knew immediately what it was. We had a gas stove and it was the sound of the pilot light being lit for the flame. I turned to look and the knob was turned, sending gas into the kitchen. I shut it off and asked Kira, Did you just hear that? She replied that she did, but she thought that I was turning on the stove. When I told her I hadn't, that it turned on by itself. We assumed maybe one of us had bumped into it and turned it by accident. She followed me back into the kitchen to help and a few minutes later again we heard the clicking. This time followed by the flame. And we both knew we hadn't touched it. Later that day I was in the basement putting my wet laundry into the dryer and turned it on like normal. About ten minutes later I was in my room and coming from the vent was the strongest smell of hot laundry. I rushed downstairs, and something had disconnected the hose from the back of the dryer, sending carbon monoxide throughout the house. I started getting the feeling that this entity wanted to harm us. We never used the dryer again. When we finally had our housewarming party, we had a wonderful night. It died down around 3am, and what few stragglers we had left 
decided it would be fun to do a Ouija board with us. So Sydney and I drew one on some paper and obliged. Our third roommate, Milena, was very religious and very against using the board. But at this point, we weren't afraid of the ghost, or what we thought was just one ghost, and continued anyway. We weren't getting any answers for quite a while, and eventually Sydney and I made the others take their hands off the board, so just her and I could ask. And then it started working. An entity claiming to be an elderly male named Rupert came forward, mentioning the fire on the stove, and that he knew who did it, but that he meant us no harm. After being prompted, he told us that there were dozens of spirits and beings in the house, some bad, and that they did not like Sydney and me. And he also stated that many of them lived in the tiny toddler-sized rooms that were in Sydney's bedroom. Abruptly, Rupert stopped replying, and an entity who gave us a name of nonsense letters and numbers came forward, calling his names and threatening us. Sydney spoke to this entity alone via the board for about 20 minutes. During that time, it would switch between speaking broken English to giving responses in Spanish, and also with the strange number letter sequences it had used when it gave us its name. After that, I didn't do a board in the house again. During the rest of the summer, I spent a lot of time alone in the house before work and after, and would hear Olivia being shouted from the upstairs, pattering footsteps down the hall, and once while doing the dishes, I heard a two-note whistle coming from right behind me. These things happened all of the time. One night, I had my new boyfriend Maximilian staying over at my house. He was there the night of the Ouija board and knew the house was haunted, but hadn't experienced anything other than that. When we tried to fall asleep, I began hearing a steady, unrelenting tapping on my window. Almost like rain hitting it. But it wasn't raining, and the pattern was too consistent. This didn't scare me much, but in the morning I mentioned it to Sydney, and she went white. She told us that she had heard the same tapping on her second story window the night before, and it stopped around the same time it stopped at my window. Things began to pick up after that night. Before I tell you what was the new occurrence which happened every morning for about a week, I need to further explain the layout of the house. When you walked through the front door, there was the living room and connected dining room straight ahead. Beyond that was a kitchen which contained the stairs to the basement. If you turned left when you walked into the house, you'd be met by the hallway. At the far end of the hall at the front of the house was Kira's bedroom, where no activity took place, followed by the bathroom I shared with her and then my bedroom. My room was strange. It was the only room without a closet and it had two doors. One that let you into my room and one that led to the upstairs. So Milena and Sydney, who lived upstairs, would have to walk through my room to get up there. Once upstairs, there was another living area followed by a bathroom. 
Milliner's bedroom, where no activity took place, and finally Sydney's. So now that you understand that, I slept with both doors shut, and when I'd wake up, the door to the upstairs would be open, and then shortly after waking, my bedroom door would be open, and footsteps could be heard going down the basement stairs. Sydney and I had decided that something in the house had a routine of leaving her room in the morning, going down the stairs, entering my room, passing through the house, and going to the basement on the same path every day for about a week. Kira began to hear the whistling at times. Milena would hear phantom footsteps walking the upstairs hall at night, and I'd hear banging on the walls and doors when home alone, and footsteps all of the time. One particular night was so bad for activity. Maximilian and I had argued before bed, and he had fallen asleep in the middle of this argument, which took place in the dark in my bedroom. Immediately he jolted awake to banging on the walls and something shaking my bed. And the stereo in our kitchen suddenly omitted sound, and just as quickly as it started, it stopped. He didn't stay over too often after that. But I didn't stay there too much longer either. Milena's dad was an Orthodox priest, and she asked him to bless the house. The first time he came, things got better for a while. There was nothing for about a month. Until one night, Sydney and I were on the porch, and I went inside to grab some food from the fridge. I came back outside and realised I had forgotten something and asked her to go back into the kitchen for me and grab it. Not a minute after I sat down, she went into the kitchen and screamed. Not only did she hear banging footsteps running up the stairs towards her, but every single cabinet in the kitchen was open. We asked Milena's dad to come again, but this time it was nearly winter. The house was old and didn't heat so well, so it was probably about 60 degrees inside. But when he got into the long sermon for the blessing, the kitchen where he performed it became increasingly hotter and I started to feel sick so I had to sit on the floor next to Kira. Again this helped things for a while, but things never truly stopped. I moved out in February of this year and my roommates remain in the house, saying they still hear things and sometimes they feel like they're being watched, but the bulk of it stopped when I left which leads me to believe that it followed me, but took a while to find me. I moved back into my childhood home, this time into the basement. We have a hollow line of stairs leading to the basement, upon which I often hear footsteps in the middle of the night. My porcelain dolls often fall from my dresser to the ground, and just last month, when I was away at Maximilian's for the night, My mom called me to tell me a lamp had turned on in my brother's room. My brother's in the army and hasn't lived at home for six years and his bedroom is completely unused. I still hear the running on the stairs some nights, but I'm not afraid like I was in the other house. I wonder if it followed me, or if it's something else. You know what it is, it's from when you did that Ouija board when you were seven. Do you need to do a public service announcement again about Ouija boards? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no... No, no, that was a genuine question. Oh. <laughs> that wasn't a... Uh, 
um, a passive aggressive <laughs> statement. Don't do Ouija boards. No, don't. Especially- don't go in the basement. Ever. Love- if if horror films have taught me anything, you don't go in the basement. Ever. But her bedroom's in the basement. Doesn't matter. Don't sleep in the basement. Okay. Yeah, I think of something that might have been with you for a while. An energy that is attached to you that then rolled up stuff in your college house when you were there because it was old. I like Rupert the ghost. I imagine him wearing a red jumper and a little yellow scarf like Rupert the bear. Oh, cute. Yeah, I'm here for that. Do, do they get that in America? Rupert the bear? Yeah, possibly. Uh, he sounds okay. The one that spe- <laughs> the one that gave you a random collection of letters and numbers as his name, uh, as their name, is terrifying yet oddly amusing as well. Because I just feel like he's pranking, not pranking you, but like punking you. I'm just, I'm not going to give you my name. I'm just going to give you a collection of letters. Yeah. And then I'm going to yell at you for a bit. Yeah, and call you names. I wouldn't take any of that bullshit from a Ouija board if it was calling me names. Yeah. If I was smoking on a porch and I saw a black thing in the window, there'd be, firstly, I'd wonder why I was smoking. Um, yeah. Secondly, there's no hope in hell I'd ever be going back into the house. You'd have to go back in eventually, though. In reality, you'd have to go back in eventually. Or you burn it down. Then you never have to go Or back you, you sit there and you go, you look at the lighter in your hand because yep. you're smoking and you go, fuck it. Yep. Fuck it. Just Old burn house it down. probably made of wood. Yep. So she's quite ballsy, for want of a better word. Playing with Ouija boards at seven, dump, jumping back in to check it out. More proof that ghosts can start fires. Turning the oven on, no, the hob on, rather. Yeah. Although you did that this morning, you tried to burn the house down this morning by leaving the hob on. It's the first time I've ever done that in my life. Yeah. Are you a little bit annoyed that I saw it before you did? No, I'm just glad that you turned it off. Because now I'm going to hold it against you forever. Anytime I ever do anything <laughs> stupid, it'll be like the episode of The Simpsons. Remember. remember that time I stole all the watches well you have a I knew, gambling I knew, problem I knew when you, were talk- when you were reading that story I was like you're going to bring this up you're going to bring it up you're going to bring it up just going to bring it up you bring it up but yeah more proof that guys can like light fires nope not down with that I, I, the only thing I have no sympathy for you is of your porcelain dolls moving if you're going to keep porcelain dolls in your house just expect it that's all I'm going to say on that everything else freaky and well done for being brave And our second story today comes from Daniel. Hey, not me though, I didn't send it in. As the tradition goes, I'm 5 foot 11, (laughs) wishing I was 6 foot, 250 pounds, and fire bolts of lightning out of my arse so I don't scare easy. Anyway, first a bit of background info. I live in the Yorkshire Dales and I've recently taken up photography as a hobby after my wife bought me a camera for my 32nd birthday. So I decided I'd best get my money's worth and dive headfirst into this new expensive hobby. About a month and a half ago, at the end of August 2019, I was wanting to do a time lapse of the Milky Way. The forecast was for clear skies, so I set out for Pendragon Castle in Cumbria in the hopes that this would be a good site to do a time lapse of the Milky Way passing over the ruins. For those who aren't familiar, Pendragon Castle is an old ruin of a Norman castle, steeped in Arthurian legend, which I won't delve into right now. It's a small ruin and is located in a field near a roadside. I had the site to myself, apart from the herd of sheep inhabiting the field. As the sun was starting to set, I get set up, leaving the camera to do its thing, taking a picture every 20 seconds and proceed to wait for several hours until I have enough to make a short clip. 
To pass the time, I downloaded several weeks worth of real life ghost stories to catch up on. Because what's more calming than listening to ghost stories in the dark, on your own, in the middle of nowhere? I'm sat facing the ruins. My back is against a dry stone wall, with a small road on the other side. The sheep are gathered off to my right, and the entrance to the site is to my left. I only have one earphone in, so I can listen out for sounds in the dark, in case someone approaches. I've watched enough true crime to know what happens. Every time a car drives past, the headlights light up the eyes of the sheep, so every once in a while there are 20 pairs of glowing eyes in the dark watching me intently. About an hour has passed when I think I hear a noise. I stop the podcast and try to listen for it again. Convinced I'm freaking myself out from listening to tales of Jimmy C, I go back to the podcast. About 20 minutes pass and I hear something again. Convinced it's not in my head, I stop the podcast and pull the earphone out. But the only sounds I could hear are the camera shutter clicking and my heart now beating out of my chest. Thinking it must have been one of the sheep or the wind, I go to put the earphone back in. But as I do, I hear the noise properly. And it definitely isn't a sheep. The noise... I can only describe as a deep, guttural growl. And now I'm frozen, staring into the dark to try and see any shapes moving, only to see those glowing eyes just staring back in the darkness. I'm hoping they're eyes of sheep, and not something else staring back at me. The sound is coming from beyond the sheep to my right. And the only reason I hadn't already gotten the fuck out of there is the fact that the sheep seem unfazed. But if those fuckers move, I'm over that wall in the car and gone in a flash. Again, I hear that deep, slow growl. Louder this time. All these options are running through my head of what it could be. Sounds too big to be a dog. We don't have wolves in this country. I'm a sceptic, so werewolves are out. But still... There is something there, in the dark, watching and growling. After this growl, I got the courage to shine my torch into the dark, hoping to see what was making the noise. But also hoping I wouldn't see anything other than sheep, because if there was something there, I honestly don't know what I would do. What feels like an eternity passes, shining the torch in the direction of the noise and trying to listen for any slight noises in the dark. Paranoid that whatever it is may now be trying to circle around me and come from the other side. I'm now frantically looking from one side to the other any time I hear a twig snap or a gust of wind. Trying to see if there's anything there yet not daring to leave my position. The only comfort of it being that my back is against a wall. So at the very least whatever this thing is cannot sneak up behind me. The eyes of the sheep light up again. And there's that same growl coming from the darkness. And it's then, in that moment, that I see it. I see what it is. I see where the growl is coming from. And I see the thing in the darkness responsible for that gut-wrenching, otherworldly noise. 
it's a car driving over a cattle grade about half a mile down the road, <laughs> echoing off the landscape. Feeling a mix of foolish and relieved, I finish my shoot, pack up my stuff and leave. Walking briskly, hoping it was just a car over a cattle grid and not wanting to tempt fate by looking back. <laughs> There's something very meta about listening to a story about someone listening to a story on our podcast. That is very meta, like, isn't what it? What the hell is this? What is this creature? Why does it keep growling? Yeah, because in, in the UK, we don't have any big predators that live in the wild. Oh, so it has to be something paranormal, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, so you're not going to have... An, the biggest thing we, we would have that would be out in the wild is like a dog. Like a, a domestic dog. And that'd be it. I mean, foxes don't really growl in the same way. No. So... But excellent choice for your time-lapse photo. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah, it's a really good, it's a good location. I've never been there, but I've seen pictures of it. And it's very... Um, very pivotal in Arthurian legends. So if you Google it and Google the art legends of Arthur, you'll see. I love those kinds of stories where you, there's a little twist in the There's tale. a little twist and you realise that it's it is just you being human after all. Yes. It's like you know that really faint was it a Scottish patter maybe? That really famous tweet where the person is going home on crutches and they keep hearing a whistling and they're freaking out going yeah. faster and faster and they realise it's the wind in their crutches is making the noise <laughs> yeah because crutches have little holes in yeah them, they have yeah. those little holes and they were <laughs> half cut coming back from the pub but also freaking out but yeah. we've all been there where something has really freaked us out and it turns out to be really just re- genuinely just the wind if you enjoyed today's episode you can find me on instagram at real life ghost stories you can find dan on instagram at 50p movie club you can find us on twitter at Real Ghost Pod. You can find us on Facebook, Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast. Give the page a like. You can also join our supergroup, which is RLGS Supergroup. And the password is... Emma and Dan. And it is, in fact, the nicest place on the internet. Indeed. You can send your own story to us by emailing... Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast at gmail.com. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories where for $5 a month you get an extra episode a week and for $2 a month you get access to the complete back catalogue of 50p Movie Club. All of the links to everything that you need are in the description of this episode and on that note we shall see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.